Hey friend, do you agree? Life is made easy only when you get real about the struggle, real about the challenges, real about where you're at, where you're going, and how you want to get there. Do you agree? Life is messy. And also, it's so beautiful. Welcome to the Made Easy Method. Here we have fun. We do real life and find joy in the journey. I'm Tanya Kirkpatrick. I'm here with you through the process. Let's dive in. Above and beyond any podcast that I will tape, this one is at the forefront because I'm asked weekly and daily for it. Anytime that you're diagnosed with any kind of lung issue, you should simultaneously be also seeing a cardiologist. I unpack the very test that would have saved my husband's life today on this podcast. Please take some time to share it as it could save your loved one's life. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining me today. I am going to be talking about a topic I get asked a lot on. And never in a million years did I think I would become a, a guru on this test that I'm going to be talking to you about. But today we are talking about cardiovascular health. Uh, I want you to know I'm not a doctor. I don't have any medical background or a degree. It is something that I've really become well-versed in and have been a huge advocate on social media um, and speaking engagements to really begin to educate people about this test. Why I am so passionate, my husband passed away April of 2021 from a Widowmaker heart attack. We would have no idea he had heart disease. The number one thing I want to talk to you guys about is really helping to educate uh, those you love. So if you yourself have had any kind of heart issues, you're someone in your family, that you can talk to your kids and then your grandkids and really pass this information forward so that as a young person, you begin to really educate yourself about heart health, a heart healthy diet, um, heart tests that can be ran. You can start establishing your patient uh, with a doctor, a cardiovascular um, a specialist. We did not know that Jeremy had heart disease. And so number one is educating people in your family. I think that's so important. And as it, it goes, like there's been so much things that have happened in the family. It wasn't something that was at the forefront. So I want to encourage you um, that it is so important to talk to uh, your family, whether it's you or someone in your family, to educate the family about that. Uh, the second thing is that you are aware of some of the things that could uh, pray, like pre a heart disease or pre a heart um, issue that happened. At the time, we did not know what we what we thought happened. Is I had gone. Um, I'm going to walk you through the day. Picked up my son from school. My husband had called. I was getting my hair done and said that uh, he wasn't feeling good. He was throwing up. He had a diarrhea. He just did not feel good. And I'm saying this transparently because I don't know if this was a heart episode that he had where you're really struggling and you're in what they call a heart episode that's kind of pre-looting a heart attack. Um, Oftentimes you can have warning shots fired. I didn't know this, but by educating myself, I've learned. Uh, And what he thought he had was the devil flu. And so we thought that that's what it was. And I picked up my son from school. I had come home. I looked 
all over the place, our bedroom, our bathroom, downstairs. I was calling and starting to kind of panic because his truck was here, but he was nowhere to be found. And the last place I looked was down the hallway in my middle daughter or my youngest daughter's bedroom. And he was in the bed laying kind of like face down and away from me. And I said, oh my gosh, why are you in, you know, Haley's room? And he said, I was the closest bathroom. I just did not feel good. And I'm trying to like process through our house because he would have had to cross over three bathrooms to get to her bedroom unless maybe he was coming up from the basement. I I had no idea. So I did the normal thing as a wife. I went and got ice water. Um, I did... uh, crackers, some Sprite, and I did um, like a TheraFlu that I put in there and an all-natural kind of for him. I called my girlfriends and I was like, who has Zofran because poor Jeremy is sicker than a dog and I wanted to get him some help. I also had asked about getting and calling in a IV and he was absolutely like, no way that's going to be so embarrassing because I don't know if I'm going to be, which end it's coming out of Tanya and I was so frustrated with him. Um, At this point in Jeremy's health, I was exacerbated. I do not say that lightly. It wasn't something I posted on social media. It wasn't something I was talking about openly. It wasn't even something I was talking to, like my life coach. I had two really close girlfriends, and I had been talking about how frustrated I was because Jeremy snored so badly. So uh, go five years prior, we had... He had a surgery to have a deviated septum fixed. Um, At the time, it was super scary because he had just had a sleep study done and had pretty significant sleep apnea. And this was after argument after argument because I was traveling, I was speaking for my job, and um, when I would come home to try and sleep, I could not get a full night's rest. And I had become ill which really just was the tipping point for me to say, listen, something's got to give. Please go get a sleep study done. So Jeremy went and got the sleep study done. He was diagnosed with pretty significant sleep apnea. Uh, And we also thought potentially it was because he had broke his nose in baseball earlier in his early years. So he has this deviated septum surgery, which is pretty painful. And the doctor tells me as we're leaving, hey, he needs to have a different kind of mask So it doesn't go over the top of his nose and he has to wear his sleep apnea machine because he could die in the middle of the night um, being on pain medication and not having that mask on. To which I want to lose my mind because it's later on in the afternoon. I call my middle daughter who's in the medical field and I'm like, where in the heck am I going to find this mask? So I'm trying to run everywhere. Praise God, Ashley finds a medical supply store, finds the mask that Jeremy needs and brings it. And so I want you to know that this was not just uh, something that just happened. I wasn't just frustrated in this moment because that morning his snoring had progressively gotten better with the sleep apnea machine. And what people don't realize is with that machine, you have to have it recalibrated regularly. They now have technology that you can be placed on a sleep apnea machine and they can recalibrate it actually from the office um, just over the internet, which is really cool. However, you still need to go in and continue to talk to your doctor, be monitored, have conversations like, how are you feeling? Are you short of breath, et cetera? So we had had that figured out 
Um, we since then had moved into our new home and Jeremy started snoring really badly again to the point where I just, what I was fit to be tied. Um, we had gone on vacation, had an amazing vacation. He was snoring all on vacation. So I came home just like exhausted. Um, you don't really function well when you don't sleep well. And I think there's something to be said that, um, the first time I remember Jeremy came home with the sleep apnea machine, I was trying to make light of it because obviously he was embarrassed. Um, it's this contraption that literally you have to put on your face. It's way quieter than it used to be. Nonetheless, it's not super sexy. And, um, he would turn the light off probably for the first, I don't know, two or three weeks of wearing it. And finally, I just wanted to break the ice so that he felt comfortable. And I remember cupping my hand over my face and looking at him and being like, Luke, I am your father. And making a total joke, like Star Wars joke to him. And we both started laughing because I was so excited we had found a solution. Now, fast forward again, we're in our new house. And we had just gotten back. We had, we had gone to California and San Diego that March and this was something that was progressively, again, becoming worse. And over, I would say, probably two or three years prior to um, Jeremy having the Widowmaker heart attack, he would often describe himself as being extremely tired. He was very short-fused. Uh, he was very... He would sit and watch TV for five to six hours a night, and I was so frustrated. I didn't feel seen, heard, and valued as his wife. Uh, when it came to anything medical, it was always an argument, always. And I was exacerbated with the medical uh, aspect of this. He was going in and seeing a lung specialist. He was diagnosed in February, I believe, of 2021 with adult-onset asthma. So here's the second thing. If you are seeing a heart specialist or if you're seeing a lung specialist, you simultaneously should always be seeing a heart specialist they go hand in hand. And oftentimes the lung specialists will avert and say, well, are you seeing a heart specialist? And they'll point to each other. This was not the case in Jeremy's care, which is really unfortunate. And I didn't go to the doctor's appointment with him. And so he came home with an inhaler um, and said he had uh, adult onset asthma. Nowhere in any of his care did anyone send him for heart testing or refer him to a cardiologist. I remember the month before he died coming in to the office and being like, hey, I'm going to go to my workout. What are you doing today to move your body? Because it was like becoming more and more apparent that he was so exhausted and not doing a whole lot about it. I had asked him if he would please go and have a second um, sleep study done because not only was he snoring now, but there was a different sound to it. When we got back from vacation um, for about four weeks prior to him passing away, he had been sleeping in the room downstairs in our basement so that I could get caught up on my sleep because I was starting to feel um, run down. I was starting to feel like potentially I was going to have adrenal fatigue again. The last two years between the epidemic or the pandemic, um, the shift in our family, I had two daughters that were getting married and moving at so soon at some point I had already had one that it was just overwhelming and life was a lot. How many of you have had something go wrong with you personally or health wise or have a thought come up and say, I should have that checked out and you never take action on it. 
So continually, I felt like I was the thorn in his side. Did you make this appointment? Did you make that appointment? So the morning that he was sick, I was super frustrated with him. I had done my life coaching. I had talked to him and begged and pleaded that he would make a blood appointment to get his blood looked at and please call the sleep study specialist. And oftentimes in order to have him move and know I was serious, I did something that I now realize actually has a title to it. It's not something I'm proud of. I think a lot of uh, couples struggle on this. I stonewalled him, meaning I didn't talk to him until he did the thing because it was so frustrating. And if I didn't put my foot down and actually make an issue of it, then he didn't move for it. So that morning, I didn't even say goodbye when I went to go get my hair cut. I want you to know I love my husband. To this day, I grieve the loss of him and our family daily. And if I could go back and do it over, the the conversations that are like B-roll in my head, did I do enough? Did I miss something? Um, My daughter had moved the October before Jeremy passed, And I remember saying to her, daddy's not carrying anything up the stairs. Um, He's not carrying anything heavy. And she goes, gosh, mom, you're acting like dad is 80. And I wanted to scream and stomp my feet and say, because he's acting like he's 80. There are so many things that were taking place behind the scenes that nobody saw. And that I protected my husband because we were struggling. We were struggling in our marriage. I wasn't feeling seen, heard, or valued Oftentimes, people who have heart disease will disassociate, and that is what Jeremy did. He was struggling um, with mental wellness, and I couldn't figure out or put my finger on it. I'm like, man, we live a really good life. How could he be so struggling? Um, we talked about you know, him finding a different vocation, all the things, because I could not... I remember telling him, I cannot be responsible for your happy. It is a full-time job taking care of the house, running a business, and taking care of myself and keeping myself up because I'm continually worried about what is going on with you. So I'm at my hair appointment. Jeremy calls and says that he's sick. I come home. I go through all the things. Um, I'm exacerbated with the whole medical stuff and my heart is broken for him because who wants the double flu? So I say to him, I'm going to call and get an IV. He's like, absolutely not. Here's the thing. If you have someone who's having a cardiac episode, the last thing you want to do is add more fluid to it. It could have killed him faster. I am grateful that that was not the experience for him or the gal that I had called Despite Jeremy telling me no, I was like, you know what? I'm calling someone for the morning because I know he's going to feel like crap all night long. And at least I can get some fluids in him in the morning and it'll make him feel better. And so I remember contacting a lady that night and I just absolutely loved her. I had done a couple work calls. I had gone back to check on Jeremy. Our air conditioning was out uh, in that side of the room. And so I'd put some fans in there. He wouldn't move. Um, Haley was sleeping downstairs with Austin and, um, I gave him Zofrin and I thought that that would really help with the vomiting at 10 o'clock. I went in and checked on him before I went to bed. And at five o'clock, my alarm went off in the morning. I was going to go check on him get him up, get him ready. Um, maybe in the shower, go to Pilates, come back. 
And then I was meeting the IV gal here at 7.45. I had to call her and tell her my husband died. It was something that it was just this brief, I was in shock on the phone because I would go in the next morning, I would look in bed and then I would look over into the bathroom and I couldn't find Jeremy anywhere and he was laying lifeless on the floor. When I first saw him, I was like, babe, babe, were you so hot? Did you have a fever that you just came down to the tile to cool off? I'm like, Jeremy, Jeremy, and I'm not getting a response and I'm getting elevated. I can feel like panic start to kick in. And I reached down and I touched my husband's neck and it is as cold as the tile floor. I don't really remember a whole lot after that other than screaming uncontrollably, no, 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 as I ran back down the hallway to get my cell phone. And by this time, my youngest daughter and son were coming up the stairs to meet us at the top of the stairs. I said, don't come in here. Your dad would never want you to see him like this. And they were like, what's wrong? And in shock, I said, I think daddy died. I, I will tell you that I have been only able to have this conversation with you and talk to what you can do to help people in your life um, to the best of my knowledge for what I have learned because of the work I have done. I have gone to hours of EMDR therapy, counseling, life coaching, uh, allowed myself to sit and fill my feelings and surrounded myself with people that I knew were not going to sit in judgment because grief, you should write this down, is not linear and it is not sequential. And just because there are steps and different layers to grief doesn't mean that you and someone else in your family are going to go through them at the same time. So number three, educate yourself, especially if you have someone in your family or you or yourself have cardiovascular disease on a test called the calcium scoring test. No one talks about this test. I don't understand why. It just absolutely floors me. This is a test that insurance does not cover. You cannot just walk into like a Simon Modern Imaging facility and have this test done. You have to have a referral. It can be coming from your natural path, a regular doctor, or a cardio a cardiologist, so a specialist. You have to have orders written. Then you call. Again, it's not covered by insurance. The test is a life-saving test that costs $75 to $80. You go in. I did this as a legacy for my kids to note, hey, I'm going to do all that I can because I am the only one left, and I want to make sure that I'm taking the best care of myself. I want to be here for my grandkids and my kids, my grandkids' kids. And so it, you, it's not something that you have contrast. So you're not going to have an IV that goes in. You literally go in. You have a series of holding your breath for about five different series. And you're sliding in and out of a CT machine. So it's an open machine that has like a donut around your head that you'll slide in and out of while you do this series of breaths. Total time, it takes 10 to 15 minutes. Because I have been such a huge advocate of this testing, now you're seeing firehouses throughout the East Valley and now the West Valley who are making it mandatory for firefighters to have this test done. I will never forget the look on the firefighters that pulled up to our house that day. The amount of messages that I've gotten from family members of the people who came to try and rescue my husband that day absolutely floor me. It's so important as a legacy to our kids for individuals young, it doesn't matter what age that you have, that you do what you need to get done should you feel not well. 
Jeremy had been out of breath. When he would work out, he sounded exerted over the top. He constantly told me he was tired. When he was snoring, he sounded like he was gurgling. The autopsy took seven weeks to come out, and the amount that his heart weighed was like 10 times what it should have weighed, and the same for his lungs. He was retaining so much fluid, and we just didn't know what we didn't know. So make sure that if you or someone you love has any kind of cardiovascular disease in their family or if they have exerted symptoms of this, being short of breath, constantly tired, struggling with breathing, um, struggling with snoring, sounding gurgly that a fluid is involved, you immediately get them in and have them checked out. It is important to be an advocate not only for your health but for the people's health that you know and love. So not only has myself become a huge advocate for the calcium scoring test, so have my kids. And we've been huge proponents in telling the story on our social media. I implore you to share this podcast, this specific episode, so that you could be a part of sharing more knowledge about how you could potentially make an impact in saving someone's life. Every week I am asked, what is that test called that you continually talk about? Where can I find it? Who do I call? Do I need a doctor's note? Am I supposed to have a referral? Does insurance cover it? And how much does it cost? It is so important to share this and help educate everyone in our lives. You guys, thank you for taking the time to listen to our story I am so grateful that Jeremy's death is not in vain and that we're able to utilize this to carry on his legacy and to be able to help someone else who was not able to help themselves or someone else that they love. Thank you for the continued messages that you send that you have gone to have this test done or someone that you love. If you score 100 to 300 on this calcium scoring test, you are apt to have some kind of a cardiovascular episode in the next five years. If you score three to 500 or higher in this test, at any moment, you could have a heart attack and have a cardiovascular episode. You are important and your life matters and so does your loved ones. I'm Tanya Kirkpatrick. Thank you so much for joining me. Till next time, I'll talk to you soon. When we find something good in life, wouldn't you agree it's our responsibility to share with others so that they too can feel empowered? This podcast was created for you, specifically you, to be empowered with tools, conviction, belief, and encouragement. Imagine looking in the mirror and loving who you are as you uplevel your physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, and financial reality. Please take some time to share this with family and friends and post this episode to your social media. Also, please take some time to write a review and let me know what you loved. Here is why I'm so passionate about this project, Blessing Others. You see, I've been there, believe me. I'm a proud mama of three phenomenal daughters and one extraordinary son. I'm an over-the-moon Gigi of a beautiful, growing family. I've experienced teen pregnancy, abuse, divorce, single mom, financial struggles, and great loss when I recently lost the love of my life, making me a widow. Without a college education, I've built thriving businesses that have made me a millionaire. And more importantly, I've been so blessed to make an impact in people's lives and their trajectory. I've been a keynote speaker around the world and recently started a growing women's ministry. This past year, I found a deeper connection with my creator, 
and I found love again. The reality is we are all way more alike than we think we are. See you on the next episode.